So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Hey guys, welcome back to Hosers. This is episode 68 and three quarters, part two. I'm your host, Chris Killingsworth, and joining me as always is my co-host, Thomas Williams. What's up, Thomas? What's up, big dog? Oh, you know. You know, I'm pumped. What? <laughs> I'm pumped to talk. Oh, I thought you said I'm untucked, and I was like, you've been watching Drag too. Race like me? Yeah. Dude, that's all it. Flurring out. Have you been have you watching the Canadian one? Yeah, I was just gonna ask you if you've been following along or what. Uh, no, we're gonna start doing that later. We're uh, we're like in the middle of Ozarks. I've been watching The Sopranos by myself. Love it. I haven't watched it before. Um, yeah, I've just I guess we could talk about that quickly. But uh, yeah, I've been doing. I've basically been like just four months late to what everyone was doing at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I hear you, buddy. I'm just like, oh, there's this show called Sopranos? <laughs> what? What? Wow. What do you mean? And well, and you wouldn't have got any of the pop culture references over the last 20 years anyway, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. Well, I also went through the Sopranos the beginning of COVID-19, so uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Um, uh, it's kind of boring so far. Yeah, the first, like, what season are you on? Just one. I'm like seven episodes in. Yeah, season eight, one's... Season one is pretty good. I know it's like establishing the characters and stuff, but I'm like, man, like if I just see, and it's so quiet too. Yeah. Like true. I'm like, what are they, what are they talking about? And I had like subtitles on for an episode. I love it. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I don't know if that's offensive to the Italian community or not, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I you're not, you're not that far from Woodbridge, man. You should maybe chill out on the, uh, you know. Yeah. If I if I slander the Sopranos, I'm I'm gonna get whacked. Yeah, you'll absolutely get whacked. Well, as, they, as they say, as they say, they do say that. That's true. Um, I love how the you know the one character Christopher. Obviously, I love when yes, everyone's like Christopher. Like I love all that shit. <laughs> I what wish are you be... doing? What did you get yourself into? Yeah, I just I... finished an episode where he shot a guy in a foot in the bakery. Yes, I'm familiar. Because he waited too long. I know some of his best work. Speaking of best work, um, I'd like to just quickly shout out uh, the vitamin water flavor Recover E. Recover E. Shout out. Cool. Now, you know, uh, Robin and I went to the cottage. You'd know that if you listened to our last episode. Part one. Part one. uh, And I got, they had like uh, four for $4 vitamin water. So I got all the weird flavors so that I could experience them. Um, <laughs> that's what I've been up to. So let's not pretend. That's a deal. You that's can't a deal. Refuse. It's okay. Well done. Um, <laughs> you come to my. You come to my cottage, and okay. you tell me. No, that's not what you say. <laughs> On the wedding day of my daughter, you probably. That's from Godfather, but I haven't seen that yet. Of course. Well, you'll make your way through it. You'll make your way through it. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas is the uh, is the best movie of that genre. I've, I've Don't at already. me. Um, so, what was I going to say? 
our last episode what were your thoughts on it let's not act like we didn't just finish recording it but what did you think <laughs> it was good it was very uh deep and uh it's, it is basically like a self-help podcast so like basically is probably Connor carrick is all over that shit so absolutely He's gonna uh, ask us. Pod- of- yeah. <laughs> He's gonna ask us to be on his podcast instead of the time we asked him to be on ours, and then he sort of talked to us about it and then didn't. And that's fine. I'm not holding a grudge, but I will say that our self help style, um, I think, is effective. You know, like uh, I don't know if you're you know this, but like uh, it's very easy to become like an alt right pundit uh, just like say i wouldn't and then i wouldn't like, know that no i wouldn't know okay. that but go on well like you could just like make so much money of just saying really ridiculous stuff yeah and like starting a podcast then you get super popular on twitter and all this shit right uh a grifter as they would say um, oh Okay. But, uh, yeah, I feel like doing that for, like, self-help. Just, like, knowing that I'm not even doing that. Like, I'm not successful in any way. And just, right. like, saying stuff and then, like, getting tons of people. Becoming, like, a like a self-help guru on Instagram. I get it. And just being total, like, fake. And then to make a career out of it. I mean, you could definitely do it. I just want to be yeah. clear that we don't think Connor Carrick is any of those things. I've listened to the no. podcast. <laughs> And there are some great episodes. We are not saying that he is one of those people. However, uh, yeah, those podcasts are really weird. But it's weird because I feel like I let a lot of demons out of the closet on the last episode. Um, We're in a good place. I feel good about what we talked about. I think that stuff was all important and valid and all of those things. However, um, yeah, some of the the Instagram... uh, people uh are i don't know if they're influencers i guess they are um with with some of the the nonsense that they spew out it's pretty ridiculous it's like it's 4 30 i just finished six eggs and i'm about to jog what the fuck are you doing thomas <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and that's the kind of energy Here's my that smoothie Carb yes up. right well so as soon as we're done recording i gotta i gotta go to the gym so I did actually have a smoothie today, so... There you go. I'm only drinking this Recover E. Wow, I should have had Recover E after I got back from the gym. Fuck. Fuck. Give it backwards. God, what am I going to do, bro? Sounds like I'm going to have to fucking carb load my way to the gym, bro. Just uh, have raw, raw chicken breast just in your head. Ew, absolutely not. Yo, speaking of raw chicken breasts, I didn't share it on the last episode, but Robert and I got a barbecue, and we're going to be setting that shit up when I, I get home from you. the gym. We'll have to uh, socially distance. Are people still doing that? No, I think you can be in my bubble now, man. Okay. Pretty oh, sure. I'm honored. I know. We'll set up a weekend. We'll I would love Saturday it. or something. Yeah, have you and Emily and me and Robin and Carter and Balto, Balto. I guess. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> oh, God. I love it. Yeah. I I want to be, like, involved in Carter's love life so much, but I know that he has so much other shit going on that he doesn't have to worry he's about that. He's probably not even... Is he on any apps? Do no, you, no. He's not really he that kind of guy. Yeah, that's true. But I am watching this show on... <laughs> Netflix um, about arranged uh, marriages in in, uh, in Indian culture. You familiar mm-hmm. with this? Uh, like the 
concept of that yeah not the show though well so the show's under a little bit of heat because it's kind of perpetuating some some negative stereotypes from that world oh, oh no uh shocker that netflix would do something controversial um but it's called indian matchmaking and robin and i started watching it last night and uh yeah there definitely is some stereotype uh, <coughs> excuse me stereotypes being perpetuated a little bit here but um what i'm trying to say is is i would like to be carter's matchmaker do you get where i'm coming from matchmaker matchmaker yeah you could do that wow wow we could do like like a second like patreon episode love it (laughs) i'm I'm coming up with these patreon ideas no i know why haven't we set one up yet because you don't want to yeah because it's fucking like 10 lists we have like 10 listeners we've got much more than 10 listeners thank you very much I'll share the I'll share the demographic with you after the episode, but uh, yeah, like there's just a part of me that wants Carter to, like to to like basically have a hand in helping Carter find the next Miss Lupel, Mrs. Lupel. Yeah, or she could keep her name too if you want. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, of course she could absolutely keep her name. Sorry that. Wow. wow. Sorry. Wow. Here I am perpetuating, you know, negative yeah. stereotypes, but uh and talking about uh keeping last names. There's a last name that has been going around a lot, and that's called the Carl not talking about Carter. How about the Calder? <laughs> the Calder. Okay. <laughs> that uh okay. We oh, okay. I'm just trying to transition to hockey. No, no, no you're so right. So we don't cause... end up with another self-help podcast. Right. Yeah, cuz that it could have been into like why is Carter single? And then we just like spiral down this thing of me being like, when I was in high school with Carter, Carter was very much not single. He had many, many women. Sorry, that didn't come out right. He was hot as fuck. Um, yeah, Carter, he's, he's, he's only five, nine, but, uh, what's, uh, Marcus Stroman's, uh, company called? Height doesn't measure oh, heart. Height, height doesn't measure heart. There you go. Height doesn't measure cart. Wow! Height doesn't measure cart. Well done. There you go. Oh, I was yeah. struggling to come up with the name of this episode, 68.75 part two, and now we have the ending part. Now, you might be wondering yeah. as a listener, why are they um, on, like, now episode 68 and whatever... And that's because we're not doing episode 69 without Carter, obviously. Yeah. And he's still at the cottage. He's still at the cottage. But let's talk about the Calder. Let's, uh, we got 11 yeah. minutes in, so let's, let's get into some <laughs> All right. hockey talk. Um, yeah, so Calder finalists. Quinn let's Hughes, Kale McCarr, Dominic Kubalik. Kubalik is 24. Right. Way too old. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. Sorry, that's just... are you there with Adam Fox right now? Is he telling you this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Adam Fox should honestly be like I know a lot of stats. Twitter is like Adam Fox called the winner because he got he like played a important part of his team. He like contributed the most like uh, above average above replacement level. Like he's like the best out of all of them. But like balancing the two worlds. As I have both the angel and the devil on my shoulder. The angel is stats Twitter. The devil is uh, Damien Cox. Uh, <laughs> just send a picture for now. It's fine. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> that's what that's what I texted to Adam Fox. Uh, oh my god! But, um, yeah, like it's just trying to balance the two didn't really make sense. Like Dominic Kubalik scored thirty goals. Like he should probably just be in there if he's a rookie. He's yeah. not gonna win it because it's it's Kale, it's Makar and Hughes all the way. Right. Depends on who's winning. It's pretty much. I think it's a toss up, but I think it kind of. I lean towards Hughes more. Just because he didn't really, like, Makar could just, li- like, he played so much with McKinnon. as like right. a f- He played with the McKinnon line more than anyone else as, like, the five-man unit yeah. that the, at Colorado ran out. Absolutely. And Hughes had to deal with, like, fucking, like, Louis Erickson and shit. Well, so, and that's it. That's and a Jake good- and he played with a lot. Yeah, definitely. And I think the the point that you bring up, too, about the age is, you know, that seems to be the general opinion right now. Um, and also, is, Kale, Kale McCarr is a year older than Hughes as well. Like Hughes, like is the youngest out of all of them. And I think, again, you say it plays a part, but I don't think it'll it'll be a super important. Like this guy's young because Panarin won. Yeah. Whatever. No, I I completely agree. Um, I also would have loved to have seen Merzlikens in there a little bit, uh, but I think you know. he just played too little. Speaking yeah. of goalies for next year, it's going to be Shostorkin guaranteed is going to win the Calder. I just walked away from the mic for a second, but why do you think it would be Shostorkin? And I believe it is Shostorkin in the NHL, Shostorkin in the KHL, but, you know, who am I? Who am I? Uh, I think he'll just be the starter and play, like, 50 games, and then the Rangers will be good next year. So Right. Oh, God. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. It'll be interesting, right? Like, especially when but you think anyways. about... Well, I love that you didn't even put Lafreniere into the Calder race there, but that's fine. Whatever. He'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be um, no big deal. Who do you think should win this year, though? I don't know. It's it's a toss-up, right? I mean, when you look at the, the Calder trophy, you know, kind of in, in terms of what it means, but also, like, some of the semantics around it and, and you know... I think the difficult thing with a lot of these trophies is that they're so up for interpretation in terms of like, what does it mean? And do we come up with kind of alternate expectations depending on who the candidates are based on their situation? And for me, some of these, uh, you know, these trophies, like I'm just as into the semantics as the people I'm talking about, but it seems to me as if, you know, from an expectation standpoint, I will always look at the Calder as body of work, but also combined with who did they, you know, who were who their line mates? Who is their defensive pairing? Um, you know, are, are they able to, to drive it independently? What does that look like? Um, yeah. When I look at the competition and, and, you know, what is Vancouver's back end look, look like with Hughes, without Hughes, or what does Colorado's look like with Makar or without Makar? I'm going to give it to Quinn Hughes. Um, I think that just in terms of, of impact in the game, and, and listen, just because I feel this way doesn't mean I don't feel you know, any of these things towards Makar, because I definitely do. But when you, when you look at the, the, the type of competition that he was up against, uh, you look at the, you know, the body of work, what he's meant to a team like the Vancouver Canucks this year and the expectations that they had and, and, you know, some of the success that they found. Thank you, Jacob Markstrom. Um, Yeah. It it just, that feels right to me. But then of course 
the angel and devil on my shoulder, or should I say the angle and devil on my shoulder? <laughs> oh, um, would be that's a callback to a previous uh, episode. Um, I don't know if you were on the podcast then, um, but. <laughs> okay. Basically, I went to a CyberZone dance, uh, which was like a much music dance with the, uh, my buddy Jason in eighth grade. Uh, and the following day, you know, you don't take girls home from a much music dance because you're like 13. But you do call on them at their house the following day um, just to make sure that there's still romance in the air. And we met up with this girl, Angel, who he was dancing with the night before. And he gave her a single red rose that said... To my love, Angle. <laughs> it was oh awesome. It was fucking awesome. And I bring it up anytime that gets mentioned. However, um, if you look at what went on with Makar um, and, you know, Colorado and what and what they looked like and, you know, the the, the resurgence of, of their blue line a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 up in the air, but it's definitely not Kubalik. <laughs> I will say that. Oh man, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like if you look at it, like what's the team? Again, like what you said, like what's the their situation on the ice with and without? But even just like in a grand scape of like, what's the team look like, or even the blue line look like without Makar on Colorado or without Hughes on Vancouver? Yeah, I feel like without Hughes, it's like a very grim situation of like Tyler Myers and Jordy Ben playing. Like twenty five minutes tonight. Yeah, but and like Oscar fair enough. Like fucking. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But you know, I I thought that Troy Stetcher played really well this year, um, and yeah, and yeah. he had a rough go this year. Like I know I was reading an article this morning about his dad passing away, and you know it's it's awful stuff. But I I thought that that he played well, and and he's normally a five six guy, but I feel like you know he can move up there it'll be interesting to see what next year looks like for vancouver because i can't imagine tanev is going to kick around uh too much longer they're going to be you know as you know they'll be trading brock besser for tyler Toffoli this upcoming season um (laughs) obviously listen i i know that there are some people that it's uh you know, definitely will disagree with me, but I think Tyler Toffoli is exactly where he should be in that top six in Vancouver. Um, I, I think he's good, but I think that's his like career best, and he's older. I wouldn't. I'd rather him just let him walk and then like keep Besser. Like, jeez, we're getting in, if we're getting into it. Like, Besser's the better player and can and has more potential. Yeah, like, just... he might not be better right now, but like Toffoli will become that decline and he's he's depended on his teammates more than Besser there's times where I just wish that Besser was more invested in kind of both sides of the game like he is obviously a great goal scorer you know he's he's played in their top six for a long time obviously um but there's a part of his game that feels very lazy to me sometimes I don't know if if, if that yeah, but resonates also, like, with you. He's he's young and can figure it out. I like, just wish I, know... I think Tyler Toffoli has a better defensive game than Besser, and that shouldn't be the be all end all. But when I look at their top, it's six, also very like it's not it's not like he's a defensive stalwart either. No, 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 definitely not. Um, I just think that he's a bit better on, on the on the two way end of things. Um, but anyways, <laughs> this isn't the who's getting traded podcast. Um, 
so, so yeah we, where we, do you we, land we, on we, calder um, then hughes hughes okay perfect so we're on this as team. i as i wear my canucks uh vintage yeah suits. but you've you've always liked the canucks though they've always been like your second team have they not yeah i have a i have a henrik sedin jersey hanging up in my room next to my brian mccabe leaf so uh you can i was see the the value i was the, with you when you got that mccabe jersey oh yeah you were good times yeah. good times um now just because i'm thinking about it um actually you know what let me not let me not uh segue to this just yet um what were the other trophies obviously the selkie got announced a little while so ago was announced today yeah as we record um it was patrice bergeron eh. uh Shocker. Couturier, and uh ryan o'reilly yeah I think Selkie's so weird to me. Like, it's just so... And the Norse, so they're both announced today. But I feel like both of those are, like, so much of their individual awards where it's, like, based on reputation alone. And, like, you need stature in the league. You need your past history. You need to, like, work... Have, like, Selkie or Norris level seasons. Yeah. Like, two of them in the past to then be, like, noticed. Yeah. It's just so weird. Well, and I think too, like, it's it's kind of like it's like as long as Bergeron's in the league and as long as Couturier's in the league and now with Ryan O'Reilly rounding out but, that side of his game, it's gonna be more or less the same three to five guys for the next ten years. It always feels like that kind of trophy but, to me. And even like even Couturier where like he had like better defensive seasons than this season like in the past like he was top defensive forward like in metrics or whatever for like a couple seasons ago for a while and it's just like and now he's finally getting his due with last year's nomination and then this yeah like and that's the thing like i like couturier but couturier's calling card much like it's been for bergeron for a long time or face-offs right so like couturier led the nhl um with his face-off percentage 59.6 which accounts for 542 for 909, for those of you at home keeping track with your calculator. Um, But, you know, he had more than a 50% uh, success rate in all three zones, right? So he's counted upon as being a guy who's going to win it in... Oh, wait, let me just double check this here. So he won more of his draws in the defensive zone uh, than the offensive zone. And just by a smidge... Uh, his neutral zone draws, he, he wins 60.4% of those. So from a face-off perspective, and that's obviously such a big part of this trophy, is, you know, what does that side of your game look like? Um, I felt really good about Couturier this year, so I'm actually going to be selecting Couturier with my pick. Um, just because I think... I think he's just ready to be the pride of New Brunswick. That's That's the truth. Um, <laughs> is he no, from New Brunswick? He is, yeah. From uh, where is he from? He New from Brunswick, Bathurst, I want to say. Ba- is it Bathurst? I don't know. I'm like, uh, what's his so name? When he was born in Phoenix, was he? Yeah. Yo, he's Canadian though. He's played on Canadian teams, but I don't okay. know where he like grew up. All right, I thought he was from New Brunswick. I might be wrong, but anyways. Anyways, um, you know, you also for that. Oh yeah, he's from ba- he's from Bathurst. See? He grew up because he played he played 
his triple A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to apologize or? Well, I know I knew he was born in Phoenix. <laughs> I knew he was born like because I remember all those like oh if like players played for their state in Arizona was always like Couture Matthews. And I forget who else was born in Arizona. That's uh, not a bad one-two punch up the gut. Yeah. But yeah, it was, was, uh, yeah. What do you, like, where are you at? Like, I know O'Reilly obviously won last year. And he has... I think out of... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if we're looking at face-offs, his is, like, at the very top as well. Um, I don't like face-offs as a metric, though. Yeah, I know, but what I'm else are you... Fa- no, sure, but okay, so that's fine. What if you look at plus-minus, then? No. you I, 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 Listen, I'm poking you because I knew that you were going to get, like, pissy about <laughs> no, it. Right but, if, but if I'm looking at it here, if you look at, um, you know, Sean Couturier, as you know, from Bathurst, New Brunswick, uh, he was a plus-21, which is the like lead philadelphia skaters listen i'm not saying that it's a good stat because i know that it is not a stat that gives us very much it's yeah it's so many like minute details like (laughs) okay so what are you basing it on then you got to pick something well you could look at like (laughs) like you look at like expected goals while on the ice but even on ice metrics have their own flaws but it's still something that's better than plus minus right um and you could look at then you could go more deep and i don't think like any nhl teams look at like expected goals above average and like uh or above replacement level and like whatever and like um regulated adjusted plus minus of as a stat that they look at but it's like um i think that there's other players like Anthony Sorelli that should have got more notice. Oliver Bjorkstrand had a very good defensive season, but you yeah. wouldn't really see that if you're just looking at box score stats. And also they're like, <laughs> okay, especially with Bjorkstrand where he's a winger and wingers never win, even though it was named after it was because of Bob Ganey, who's a winger. Yeah. The whole fucking trophy was made after him because of what he did. Right. But it was just like, is uh yeah like i think there's other players but out of the three that were nominated i lean towards o'reilly but Couturier is a good option i don't think bergeron should win it again he's just it's just a pure reputation thing of like a he's basically marked in stone on like every pwha phwa uh ballot anyways yeah but yeah anyways let's Selkie's well, so, a weird one. Selkie's like no one can predict it really. Right. Like it's just whatever and, reputation and and like you saw again we can move on to the Norris, but you saw or like also about the Lady Bing or whatever. Yeah. But like all these writers on Twitter of like kind of tell their ballots like oh I had this guy number one he's not even a finalist like and you see that so much like you saw that with Slavin, uh, Jacob Slavin on with like the Lady Bing of like. Because he was a defenseman playing against tough competition, and he only took ten penalty minutes. Yeah, I, so I it's just like, you see all these writers coming up like, "Oh, I I voted him first. He was top on my ballot," and then like he doesn't show up. I just, so just I'm yeah. starting to feel like we just go through this kind of sequence of events where 
we don't necessarily want to look at the stats that we don't believe to be good stats or representative of, of what you know the full scope of that person's defensive game is so we just go patrice bergeron come on up the selkie is ready for you yeah. like are we at that point where and and i know we we talk about this and we'll absolutely talk about it when we talk about the norris in a few minutes here where some of like with the selkie in particular where we we recognize that plus minus isn't always a great stat to look at face off percentage is some I like face-off percentage. I think that's representative of it. Some people yeah. don't, like you. It's just, it's, but it's also just being realistic of what people are looking at. Right. And really, do these awards matter to you personally? No. No, but I just feel like that's par- par- like part and parcel with the problem is where it's like, okay, so like Patrice Bergeron is going to be like in the top every year for the last, what, nine or ten seasons or something. And we've just all, like, and this is nothing against Bergeron, but it's just, like, he's kind of pigeonholed as this guy because we don't want to look into new reasons or new expectations to nominate other people, such as wingers, like we just talked about. He just ends up being the guy. Just like yeah. Kopitar was not that long ago, right? Yeah. Where it's like... I, yeah. And it's weird. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you remember when when uh, the Leafs had just first drafted Matthews and his projection for who he was going to turn into and his comparable was Ozzy Kopitar. Yeah, cuz he was like a tall-ish centerman that was had good stick handling. Right. That was And when thing. he got drafted it was like he's got this incredible two-way game and it's like he's become a better two-way player, but he is not Ozzy Kopitar. His first year was bad. He he's a better defensive player now than Kopitar cuz Kopitar's declined. Sure. I guess what I'm trying to say is But it's is, also is it's that... also like I think what I like what a lot of I find with like analyzing players and I think baseball and basketball have this more down of understanding what a player can do yeah, and what is a good season. Like you could be a very, very good player, but have a bad season and shouldn't be nominated for anything. Right. Like, and like, again, like, and players could have very good seasons and like out of nowhere, like Oliver Borkstrand has like very elite numbers but he just doesn't have that like point total out of it and he like doesn't have a history of becoming that of being that dude right where it's like you could it's almost like you have to work your way up and have that reputation built in right and then the awards are more on what the player is like tool wise and what the player like like makeup is yeah compared to what the season he had yeah that's like it's more like you could have very bad seasons like uh crosby had a couple terrible defensive seasons or like the other day like or more defensive seasons than offensive seasons or like um what's another example like marchand had a very good defensive season this year like a top 10 defense player but you don't see him around among like names just because he doesn't have that reputation or doesn't have that history of becoming that yeah fair enough yeah no i i I, like i get where you're coming from i just i just think that trophy is is finicky and i guess at the end of the day like you know you can only you you don't really yeah sorry to interrupt no no no, go ahead but you don't see like for example in baseball where like r.a dickie cy young where like he leading up to it wasn't very good and then he was just elite this one year for the Mets. Um 
and then nothing again. And it was like almost like, uh, like oh yeah, he won the Cy Young that year because he was very very good that one year. Not that he had this history of being an elite pitcher, and then like and then just nailed it this one year. And then it was like okay, I felt good voting for him. Yeah, but it was like no, he just had like you're basically just looking at a name, looking at their year and be like okay that's good not like oh here's a like short list of players even both before the season starts you pretty much know who's going to be on what award list right like okay and then narrows down because of the certain like aspects yeah fair enough uh okay listen let's move into uh to the norris here because that got announced as well so we had john carlson of the washington capitals Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning and Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators. And they are the finalists for the 1920 Norris Trophy. Uh, and that's awarded annually to the NHL's top defenseman, as, as you're familiar with. Thank you. Now, semantics, what do you define as the top defenseman? Like, what should be the top criteria for the award in your mind? Uh, an important role. Norris is weird because it's defenseman or more, but it's like, an important role on their team. They right. can't be like, uh, they basically just have to be a top line defenseman yep. and top minutes. Um, playing against tough competition and then also having both sides of the game locked down. Definitely. Okay. I think that, and that's kind of a standard. I think a lot of people feel that way where they can't be all offense, can't be all defense. But if you're like crazy offensive, like, like, a, like Carlson was. Right. And and his defense was good because on the ice he always just always had the puck, so therefore defense is just there. Right. Um where like it's more like if you had elite seasons then that is fine. It's okay. more harder to describe as elite defensive seasons just because of what we have, but yeah, I think overall it's kind of that standard template of a Norse defenseman okay so I will just go on record and say that if a defenseman wins the Norris who is being recognized for his defensive skill set um, I will eat my shoe <laughs> but that yeah it never happens that way it never happens so people it's just, it's just sort sort defense okay filter defenseman on NHL.com slash stats right sort by points Okay, right. that defenseman wins. Yes, I exactly. I was just going to say that because it looks based on the points uh, that we're going to see Carlson win. Um, and fair enough. He had an incredible season, right? He had, what was it, 75 points in 69 games. Pretty pretty nice for a defenseman. Um, and then, of course, if you look at Hedman... Hedman also, you know, had a, had a pretty good season. He put up uh, how many points did the, the the big man put up? Fifty points, I think. Hold on, fifty five points in sixty six games, pretty good. He also had a, a plus rating of twenty two, which is good because he was on Tampa, right? <laughs> uh, but and also you... the points come from. Do being you factor on Tampa? in playing time, like how how many minutes they play? I think so, but there should be a difference. Like if they're elite for less, yeah, sure. Like my example is Dougie Hamilton, who, who played, 
like 600, 700 less minutes than Roman Yossi did just because he was injured. Right. Played 22 less games, but his defensive metrics and like um, his offensive contri- like total contribution was higher than like was top five among defensemen. Right. Yeah. So like because he played less, he had less opportunity to earn those that metric, which I'm I know I'm not a lot of listeners want me to rant on about expected goals above average or above replacement level. Mm-hmm. But it's just like because it's a cumulative like a stat that adds up. I can't say <laughs> that word. Okay. So he had less time to earn that those stats and he had a better season than a lot of players. Total. Yeah, I like uh, he, I guess. Like he only played 47 games, but he was still top 5. Yeah. Among like contribute like contributions overall. So like it's offense and defense. It's a factor that should be considered but isn't. Yeah, because it'll also just be like he didn't play enough. Right. Like it's like it's like a, a pitcher winning the Cy Young but only like pitching like 20 games or whatever. Like yeah. start 20 starts. I think when you look at at the like the Yossi argument though is when you look at how the Predators played this year and you know he oh, was yeah. able to be just about a point a game, 65 points in 69 games. That's pretty damn good, man. And I know and listen, I think he gets ragged on so much um and you know obviously the Nashville Predators have had a you know a wealth uh, on their on their blue line which is good um but i don't know man i feel really good about about yossi taking it home this year i really really do i i think it'll be yossi hands down and it's yeah. i think among the players i would pick yossi i think see i thought that you'd um, disagree with me because i think you and i've battled about yossi I, before i don't i don't like that no okay before because he didn't have that reputation but this year Nashville struggle struggles so so much, so much offensively from their forwards, where he was like the driver of their offense, and yeah. it shows up in the other stats that among like points and stuff. Like he's kind of earned those points more than, say, a headman who was like able to lay it up to Kucherov, yeah. Sorelli, points, like whatever. Where like he was like he'd pass it to. Johansson, and then it would just be at his feet, and then whatever. Well, like, are you saying that Johansson would cough it up in the neutral zone? Just maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think I think I, Yossi Moore earned it, and I think he'll I think he'll win. Yeah, honestly, I th- I don't think Carlson like will get that. Like, uh, I no, it's, I think Yo- I, see- I think it's t- I think it's I think r- voters like to vote people new yes when they earned it for a couple seasons right yeah like they earned it they earned it but didn't get it like couturier like giordano before um that said like and that's fair and if we are looking at it from that perspective there's still this is almost the same as the calder type situation like we talked about with hughes and mccarr where john carlson could just as easily i don't think hedman's gonna win of the three but it for me it's a toss up between Carlson and Yossi. Yeah, so. I I would be upset if Yossi didn't win because he just had a stellar 
Yeah. He had a very, very good season. Well, when you look at... a difference maker. When you look at the body of work and how people often felt like Yossi was just kind of along for the ride, he really, really stood out this year as a, as a top blue liner. Um, where, you know, a lot of times people were like, yeah, but he has the support of guys like Ekholm and Ryan Ellis and P.K. Subban and Seth Jones and whoever as, as time's gone on, right? So... Yeah, no, I, I feel good about that. I'm glad that you and I are seeing eye to eye on a few things today. This is this is positive. Yeah. Um, Should we wrap it up with the Vesna? Uh, yeah, let's talk about the Vesna, and then I wanted to talk about a couple of signings that happened uh, over the last couple of weeks, if we could. Okay, I gotta run in like ten minutes though. Okay, do you want to just skip the Vesna? Uh, yeah, Vesna. Uh, fuck, who is nominated? Rask, Vasilevsky, and. I don't even know who the third person was. This is terrible. We should know this, bro. Was it uh fucking uh Listen, Vasilevsky's <laughs> gonna win anyways, so should we just uh, Oh Hellebuck. Hellebuck should win. Hellebuck oh should yeah, win. that's true. Hellebuck did have a pretty good season. I, I wrote about this at Yahoo about how Hellebuck basically like he had a trash month and then Winnipeg just like completely fell. Man, I can't believe I was ready to write off Hellebuck because I completely forgot that he was the third nominee. So I think Hellebuck should win because he was playing, like, so much. He was basically carrying Winnipeg for the first, like, four months of the season. Absolutely. He was the only reason that they're even in the playoffs. I know these are individual awards, but like I said, I think my biggest bias and a lot of people's biggest bias comes from the team situation and what the team looked like this year. Winnipeg was so down and then up and up and down and back and forth and so on and so forth. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. Hellebuck, yep, played yep. very, very well wow, this we're year. So, we're so, uh, we're agreeing so much, Chris. Should we find some things to disagree on quickly? Uh, sure. Okay, so I wanted to talk about a couple <laughs> signings uh, from this past week, thanks to our friends at Cap Friendly. Um, and I'm looking here, and obviously a lot of the players that we knew were coming to North America eventually have now signed their uh, entry-level contracts, which is exciting. So we have Alexander Romanov coming over, uh, which is pretty exciting. He signed a uh, three-year entry-level contract with Montreal on the 13th, and so did Ilya Sorokin, where he signed uh, a one-year uh, contract and then like to wrap up this year and then a one year contract for next year for two million. Um, Sorokin, I, I know you talked about Shostorkin being the uh, you know a finalist next year. I think Sorokin could have that power too, man. He's very very good. Uh, somebody I followed a long time watching the KHL. We also found out that Kirill Kaprizov was coming over. Uh, finally, that's been rumored oh. uh, for a long time. And he could be uh, he could be up there too in your uh, in your Calder voting for next year, Thomas. What do you think? If uh, if the Minnesota Wild social person is listening to this at the rare chance, please have a Capri Sun meme for whatever you say his name because you said it like Capri Sov, right? Yeah, it's Capri Sov. So it's so Capri Sun. Carol Capri Sun. Stick a straw on him. Okay. You'll you'll get the juice. Okay. Yeah, I can't see that one flying, but um, let's work uh, on it. Hey, no, it's okay. They're, uh, did you see the Flyers tweet earlier this week? 
Which one? He, uh, they just, like, tweeted a picture of, uh, Couturier. Yeah. And, like, and then put, because he, like, he didn't wear his teeth in on yeah. the ice. So they tweeted it out and was like, uh, C, tooth, tooth emoji, T-S. Okay. So, so it just looked like they were saying, uh, can we, can we say that? Is that fair? Say what? I, I'm not following. <laughs> oh my god. See you next Tuesday. Oh, see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Ooh. I think that belonged yeah. on our previous episode where we spoke of the screaming music. Yeah. There you go. Oh my god. <laughs> that band. Uh, oh my god. Well, yeah, good, good, good signings. Update. Great signings. Yeah, Kaprizov, um, he's going to be a difference maker for minnesota who just needs some offensive support at some point or another uh and it's yeah it's exciting i'm so excited and really the best person to don 97 in the entire league which i think is really important um yeah so trash number we'll see how that goes i do love that a lot of the times when the russian guys come over they have to change their number and like for example mikhaev wore 66 in the khl and we're 65 with the Leafs, which is, like, fine. But you just have Kaprizov come over, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to wear 97. <laughs> uh, the, well, I think Gusev did that too, didn't he? I'm pretty sure. Wore 97. Uh, no, yeah, he wears, he wears 97 in New Jersey. He oh, started okay. with 17 uh, with Vegas, and then he's 97 now, but... Anyways, I love it. I, I love the Good. breaking of the norms. The couple other ones I wanted to talk about were uh, Pius Suter. You know him? Mm-hmm. He's going to be your Dominic Kubalik. Of, uh... I saw it. <laughs> do, you, do you know anything about this guy? No. I, I only... I was going to try I mean, and... to all future future employers, I'm an expert on uh, Pius <laughs> Suter. Uh, if I just... If I, just give me a sec. I just have to power my uh, my brain waves. Uh, he played uh, for and just uh, <laughs> just load up the old uh, Pius Suter file. That's Prius, in my head. Prius Suter. He's that electric. He played for the. He played uh, for the Guelph Storm. Yeah. I remember that team so well. He actually did play for the his, Guelph Storm. All of his all of his forty three goals. He played in the Memorial Cup too. I don't know if you remember that. I remember, yeah, he had uh, two goals. Dude, you should just be like one of these people that are like, no, I remember Pius Setter. I actually had him going in the, uh, on my draft ranking, I had him going in the third round that year. Yep, I have, um, (laughs) (laughs) I have him uh, coming out of the uh, ZSC Lions. You know Uh, who else played for the ZSC Lions? Uh, Austin Matthews. That's correct. And Dennis Melgen. And uh, that Swedish coach that everyone's obsessed over. Yeah, Ricard so, Gromberg. Gromberg, Gromberg. Yes, That's right. I know. I, I know Chris, you know, I know all Gromberg. these things, dude. Come did on. You, did you know that? Did you know that <laughs> Suter had a brother named Kaj who plays for the same team? I did not know that. No. Well, yeah, that's because I'm I mean, an expert on Swiss hockey. To all future employers, I did know that, and I had him on my draft board going in the fifth round that year. 
So did you know that elite elite prospects matched up with Facebook Messenger? Did you know that? <laughs> yes, I did. Because every time I go to that stupid website, about a hundred times a day, and of course, I don't think it's a stupid website. I'm literally on the website constantly. Um, yeah, no, I'm very familiar with their partnership with Facebook Messenger. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then the last one I want to talk oh, this, about. You'll love this. Suter won the NLI best plus minus. Okay, oh. there, finally, a stat that matters. Am I right? Jeez. Um, yo, last thing I wanted to talk about Sean Day getting a one year, two way contract with Tampa Bay. I'm so that, excited. I, we, could, we could talk about that. I, I feel so bad for him. Like, he. I think he has a lot of potential yeah i i just hope he is in a position and with a franchise and with a team that i values him yeah and kind of wants to pursue that development i i honestly think he should be with the marlies but that's just me i just want to work out so badly yeah i like i i so badly want it to work out and that's the thing right like was giving him exceptional status a mistake all those years ago? In hindsight, yes. But when he, you know, filled out his application for exceptional player status and it was granted in 2013, I guess it would have been, um, yeah. that was that was a big deal, man. It was a huge deal. Because up He's until still that the point, only defenseman, right? Uh, no, Aaron, Aaron Ekblad got it in uh, 2011. Oh, yeah. Um, you might know him from the Barry Colts. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, but... It, it was a big deal, right? So then, you know, he ends up getting drafted in the third round by New York. And I know he played for Hartford um, for a chunk of that time. And I know he was up and down in the ECHL last year. But he still had 20 points in 36 games in the ECHL, which isn't nothing. Like, that's still fairly significant that way. Um, I just hope he figures it out, man, because he's... By all accounts, a guy that, you know, deserves this opportunity. And I, I don't know. I just, when I saw this, like, my heart was warmed a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It I'm, just feels good to that he gets another, a change of scenery. And you know how those kind of can either work out or they don't. But absolutely, hopefully it just does. And they have a good system there. So There's just guys that, like, you them. want it to work out for. I'd put Sean Day and Josh Hosang in that category. Uh, for me as a guy who you know they've had all this adversity and you just wanted to work out for them but um ryan merkley up there for i just want yeah i mean just guys that have had issues off ice right you want it to you want it to figure it out like been labeled as something and then like they just have haven't had the support right or they haven't had the right person there that you know to your point support but also a, a role model and somebody to kind of set them on the straight and narrow, right? Um, yeah. You know, there's obviously been a lot of talk, just a little bit of Leafs talk before we bounce here about Jeremy Bracco not being on their uh, on their um, kind of return to play squad. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think there's just better players. I didn't. I don't remember the full squad right now, um, but I think with where they are and kind of their position it's just it just makes more sense to bring in a person like robertson maybe or just have a better experience and try to test this out and yeah um give more opportunity to guys like korshkov that have had it a little bit or um 
or like players like Gaudet and Augustino that kind of earned it this year and with the Marlies. Yeah, definitely. I just don't see man. I Bracco's such a polarizing player too. He's so he's supposed to be this like electric player and whatever, but I yeah, just don't see it. Are you pissing? No, I'm not. I was just pouring something into my coffee cup here. You think I was? Does it sound like I'm pissing? It it, it did a lot. Oh wow! No, definitely not. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I can't believe you thought I was pissing. That's so well, funny. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> are you are you pissing right now? <laughs> um, so fuck. What was I gonna say? I lost my train of thought. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. With Brocco, it sounds like he had some off ice issues, which is why he was. Uh, off the team this past year for uh, points of time. I just hope he figures it out. And it sounds like a lot of people think that he might not be back with the Leafs because I know he requested a trade this year. So we'll uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But I want to just put some positive vibes out into the universe, buddy. It's fine. I'm right here. I'm right here with you. Okay. I'm, good. Uh... Yeah, I think I think honestly he'll be traded out of the organization for like a third round pick, and then someone like the like sharks will turn him into like a top six. Yeah, just he'll just be feeding pucks to Tomash Hurtle forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, I love it. I don't know why I picked. I think Thomas Hurtle's name's just fun to say because it's Tomash. Remember, oh yeah. Remember we had an episode a long time ago where we just kept trying to say Elias Pettersson's name. Elias, yeah, I, I'm the ba- I'm the worst with names. I don't know why. Uh, why did you walk away from your microphone? I'm cleaning the kitchen. Okay, well, listen, I'm gonna let you get back to cleaning the kitchen. I'm gonna edit the podcast and post it. Um, I hope you have a good day, man. And we'll be back for episode <laughs> 69, part. No, I don't know. Whenever Carter's back, we'll record. We got to get him on. Yeah, we well, can't. 69. We got to get to episode 70 at some point. <laughs> yeah, it'll just never be episode 70. It'll just never happen. All right, buddy. Listen, yeah. I love you. I hope you have a really good Sean day, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, follow, follow the follow the podcast. Yeah, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Even though we haven't really done anything with the Instagram, we will at some point, maybe. Please please rate and review. Yes, rate and review the podcast. Yeah, we need some more uh, some um, more ratings. That would be cool on uh, Apple Podcasts, definitely. Yeah, some reviews. Yeah. Some... You just want to bury the one that says Thomas looks like a serial killer, yeah, please. right? <laughs> please, yeah. <laughs> I, still, I want to figure out who wrote that. I bet it was someone that's like a friend of ours. I hope. It said 97, though. It was like JT997. JT nine nine seven. Could it have been There's Carol Kaprizov? Oh. oh fuck. What? I just tripped over some my stool. Okay, uh, we're done. You're gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> okay, bye, bye guys. See you next bye. week. Take care, Thomas. Don't hurt yourself, buddy. <laughs>